think China would be far happier to deal with a confident, secure United States of America, not the insecure and troubled America that you have today. For example, in the past, when Richard Nixon went to China in 1972, he could do so. At that time, by the way, China had been demonized in the American body politic for 20 years. And the Chinese and American soldiers killed each other in the Korean War from 1950 to 1953. Despite all that, Richard Nixon could go to China because it was a strong, self-confident America. Today, no American president, even Joe Biden, dares. If he tried to say, hey, this is the 50th anniversary of Kissinger's visit, let's go and knock on the door and visit Beijing again, he'll be crucified in America. The insecurity of Americans contributes to this US-China tension, because a strong, self-confident America would say, okay, China, you keep on growing, IT doesn't matter. I'm still a better society. But the fact that the United States is trying to launch this contest against China shows how insecure it is. And IT sad because at the end of the day, the United States has to make a strategic choice within its primacy in the global system and taking care of its people. And I argue in my book that America should take care of its own people and push aside primacy. Kishore Mabubani is a distinguished fellow at the Asia Research Institute of National University of Singapore. Kishore Mabubani is a distinguished fellow at the Asia Research Institute, ARI, National University of Singapore, NUS. Mr. Mabubani has been privileged to enjoy two distinct careers, in diplomacy, 1971-2004, and in academia, 2004-2019. He is a prolific writer who has spoken in many corners of the world. In diplomacy, he was with the Singapore Foreign Service for 33 years, 1971-2004. He had postings in Cambodia, Malaysia, Washington DC and New York, where he twice was Singapore's ambassador to the UN and served as president of the UN Security Council in January 2001 and May 2002. He was permanent secretary at the Foreign Ministry from 1993 to 1998. As a result of his excellent performance in his diplomatic career, he was conferred the Public Administration Medal, Gold, by the Singapore government in 1998. Mr. Mabubani joined academia in 2004, when he was appointed the founding dean of the Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy, LKY School, News. He was dean from 2004 to 2017, and a professor in the practice of public policy from 2006 to 2019. In April 2019, he was elected as an honorary international member to the American Academy of Arts and Sciences, which has honored distinguished thinkers, including several of America's founding fathers, since 1780. Mr. Mabubani was awarded the President's Scholarship in 1967. He graduated with a first-class honors degree in philosophy from the University of Singapore in 1971. From Dalhousie University, Canada, he received a master's degree in philosophy in 1976 and an honorary doctorate in 1995. He spent a year as a fellow at the Center for International Affairs at Harvard University from 1991 to 1992. He has achieved several firsts in his two careers. He was the founding dean of the LKY School, the founding director of the Civil Service College, the first Singapore ambassador to serve on the UN Security Council, the first Singaporean to publish articles in globally renowned journals and newspapers like Foreign Affairs, Foreign Policy, The New York Times and The Financial Times and co-authored articles with distinguished global thought leaders like Kofi Annan, Klaus Schwab, and Larry Summers. Mr. Mabubani has never shied away from taking on new challenges. He has also been a prolific author, having published eight books, Can Asians Think? Beyond the Age of Innocence, The New Asian Hemisphere, the Great Convergence, Can Singapore Survive, The ASEAN Miracle, co-authored with Jeffrey SNG, Has the West Lost It? And Has China Won? 
Mr. Mababani has received significant international recognition for his many accomplishments. The Foreign Policy Association Medal was awarded to him in New York in June 2004 with the following opening words in the citation, a gifted diplomat, a student of history and philosophy, a provocative writer and an intuitive thinker. He was listed as one of the top 100 public intellectuals in the world by Foreign Policy and Prospect magazines in September 2005, and included in the March 2009 Financial Times list of top 50 individuals who would shape the debate on the future of capitalism. He was selected as one of foreign policy's top global thinkers in 2010 and 2011. In 2011, he was described as the muse of the Asian century. He was selected by Prospect magazine as one of the top 50 world thinkers for 2014. China, Biden has constrained his own options. U.S. President Joe Biden has a major competitive disadvantage in dealing with Chinese President Xi Jinping. The former's key preoccupations are short-term, how can his Democratic Party survive midterm elections in November 2022? The Republicans would slaughter him if he went soft on China. Hence, sensible measures that would serve Washington's long-term interests are out of reach for now, including calling off a trade war with China which has hurt U.S. consumers, workers, and farmers, or joining the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership. By contrast, Xi is free to carry out long-term strategic maneuvers, such as expanding the Belt and Road Initiative, to which 139 countries have signed up for, or joining the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership, which was initiated by the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, ASEAN, and will connect 2.3 billion people to create the most dynamic economic ecosystem in the world. Even though ASEAN was born as a pro-US organization in 1967, most Americans are unaware how critical the bloc will be in the US-China contest. In 2000, US trade with ASEAN was $135 billion, more than three times that of China's $40 billion. Today, China's trade with ASEAN is more than $641 billion, more than double the United States' $300 billion. Where trade goes, influence follows. Effectively, the United States has been cutting itself off from East Asia. China is integrating. The 21st century world will be rich and complex, multi-civilizational, multipolar, and multilateral. It's unwise for Biden to base his policies on the notion the world is in a black-and-white contest between democracies and autocracies. Instead, the U.S.-Chinese contest may well be, as I document in my book Has China Won? The Chinese challenge to American primacy, a contest between plutocracy in the United States and meritocracy in China. That's a contest China can win. Most countries are quietly beginning to accept China will inevitably be the largest economy in the world. Few want to join Washington's campaign to isolate or cut off Beijing. Within a decade, most countries will be doing more business with China than the United States. If the latter cuts itself off from China, China will not be isolated. Instead, it may be the United States that finds itself isolated. When dealing with Beijing, Biden therefore needs to better factor in long-term calculations than he's been doing so far.